Good morning, church, and welcome to today's service. Welcome to the first service of 2022. And we are excited that the Lord has helped us to take us this far. And we look ahead with great expectation that his plans will come to pass. May we open our Bibles to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. We want to read verses 1 to 7. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. We want to read verses 1 to 7. I will read. For we know that if our earthly house of this tabernacle were dissolved, we have a building of God, and a house not made with the hands, eternal in the heavens. For in this we grow, earnestly desiring to be clothed upon with our house which is from heaven. If so be that, being clothed, we shall not be found naked. For we that are in this tabernacle do groan, being burdened, not for that we would be unclothed, but clothed upon, that mortality might be swallowed up of life. Now, he that hath wrought us for the selfsame thing is God, who also hath given unto us the earnesty of the Spirit. Therefore, we are always confident, knowing that whilst we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord. For we walk by faith, not by sight. Let us pray. Profound is your word, tied directly to your spirit and to who you are, giving life, reviving, giving hope, renewing the strength, setting pace and agenda, unwavering, unhasting, the ancient of days revealed in your word. Lord, we subordinate once again to this word which you have allowed us to read where we know for reality that there is a yearning inside us to be clothed with that heavenly body. May this be our occupation, our drive throughout our lives. Father, not just in 2022, but that we may be given fully and wholly to your name. And Father, that it is in your word, it means it is your desire. Oh, give us the will to do it, to believe it. Fill us with your spirit and trusting you that you will make us what you want us to be. And that, oh Lord, you will be pleased in us to take care of all the case and the burdens of life, but that our joy may be full and many people may see Jesus even as we know the preparation he has done already for our lives. To the glory of your name we pray. Amen. May we read from John chapter 14, verse 1 to 6, as we invite the music team to lead us 
in songs of praise, but let us open John chapter 14, verse 1 to 6, and thereafter, the music team is going to lead us in songs of praise. John 14. I'll lead us in reading. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. And whither I go, you know, and the way, you know. Thomas saith unto him, Lord, we know not whither thou goest, and how can we know the way? Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father, but by me. May God bless his word. Music team, may you lead us, and thereafter, Pastor Makanga, may you come to minister the word. And God's people say, Amen. Happy New Year to you all. It's wonderful to be in this first Sunday of the year, testimony to the faithfulness of God over the past year and the past years. You are all the testimonies of God's goodness. Uh, you know that uh, the year behind us has not been easy, but here we are. He who said, I will never leave you nor forsake you has led us this far. Praise the Lord. So welcome to Central Baptist Church. And for those who are joining us online today, you, you are welcome. Uh, we thank God for today. Jesus is the savior of the world, but he is also the future of the world. Over this Christmas period, we were talking about Jesus as the savior of the world. But lest we forget, even as we come now into the new year, Jesus is the future of the world. Without Jesus, there is no future. But yes, let us accept the fact that when we experience rejections, setbacks, defeats, struggles and failures along our life's journey, we tend to develop negative, painful, destructive feelings. These negative feelings can cause deep, hidden wounds in our hearts. And these tend to take the joy out of living. And by the way, Hidden wounds are often most dangerous because they finally show their pass in a crisis by imploding or exploding. A person with such feelings can be socially withdrawn 
or toxic in any relationship they find themselves in. Remember, there's a saying that says, hurting people hurt people. <laughs> Someone who is hurting, they tend to hurt whoever they come across with. So then they become hopeless, and many times you even hear others going to the extreme of taking their own lives. Hopeless people see no future ahead of them. And they say, so what is the point of living? These are not feelings that are unfamiliar to the Lord. In John chapter 14, verse 1 to verse 6, which we read, Jesus sought to help his disciples' troubled hearts before destructive feelings erupted. But for us to understand the words that Jesus speaks in chapter 14, verse 1 to verse 6, and even the following verses, we need to know that those words were necessitated by the events that took place in chapter 13 of John. That is where the Lord and his disciples observed the Passover meal. And after partaking of the Passover meal, Jesus then stood from his place, took a towel and wrapped around himself, and then took a bucket of water and started washing his disciples' feet. Then, he tells them disturbing news. The first news that is disturbing in chapter 13, especially verse 21 to verse 30, is that he tells them that one among them, one of them, one of their number was going to betray him. Mm. And not only that, in verses 31 to 33, he tells them that in a short while, Jesus is going to go away. He's going to leave them. But when he goes through this difficult time, even the team leader, Peter, is going to deny Jesus. These words from Jesus' own mouth must have broken the hearts and shattered the confidence of the disciples, perhaps leaving them devastated. Their future now looks dark and bleak. While they are in this state of confusion and saying, or perhaps even a cloud of hopelessness is coming over them. Jesus speaks to their condition in chapter 14. He is sensing all that is now happening to them. And he says in verse 1, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God and believe also in me. In my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, 
I would have told you. And Jesus is even putting his own signature to say, I am a reliable resource. If there was no place, I would have told you. Now I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. That where I am, you may be also. And where I go, you know. And the way, you know. Of course, Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? And Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. These words are given in the context of a confused, worrying, perhaps even hopeless group of people saying, what? You mean all along we were with you? One among us is going to betray you and you are going to leave and even the team leader is going to deny you. What hope is there for us? And Jesus says, let not your heart be troubled. In other words, this was kind of medicine for troubled hearts to them. So, I want to us to explore a few thoughts as we begin this year concerning Jesus, the future of the world, the future and hope for you and me in the new year, in the years to come. You see, notice that in Jesus Christ, we escape all fear. In Jesus Christ, we escape all fear. He says, let not your heart be troubled. Let not your heart be troubled. You see, while many people are called to face their worst nightmares in this life, it is true, we will. Trials are part and parcel of life anyway. That is what Job chapter 14 verse 1 tells us. Man's days, man born of a woman has fewer days and those few days are full of trouble, he says. So trials and tribulations are going to come to the child of God. However, in the midst of these difficulties, a child of God can still have peace. So Jesus is saying, while the things I have told you are a reality that is going to take place, let not your heart be troubled. Don't you like that? You just have received the news. You have a terminal cancer. You're going to lose your job. Oh, this thing is not going to be there. You're, you're not going to see your family for a very long time, all the bad news you might want to imagine. But then you are told, let not your heart be troubled. Jesus, you are telling us, we will deny you. The ship will be scattered. You will be handed over to the chief priest and they will do all kinds of things with you. And you tell us, let not your heart be troubled. Yes, 
Yes. Because as he was knowing, he knew for sure, and sensing the troubled hearts of the disciples, Jesus directly comforted them, saying, let not your heart be troubled. In other words, his instructions for you and me is to be involved in the troublesome times of life. Let. We do not sit idly while our lives are being destroyed. No, we have a resource and a recourse in the time of trouble. And our best escape route from our fears is to run into the safe arms of Jesus. When we bring our fears to Jesus, he will give us peace in the place of fear. That is why in Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 and 7, be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your request be made known to God and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. That is why Jesus made that great invitation. Come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. This is why the apostle Peter tells us to roll over all our cares, casting all our care upon him, for he cares for you, he says. Psalm 55, verse 22, cast your burdens on the Lord, and he shall sustain you. He shall never permit the righteous to be moved. So Jesus is saying, let not your heart be troubled, because you have somewhere to roll your troubles over. That is why Jesus is the future of the world. Jesus is the hope for the future. But he's absolutely wonderful hope for the child of God. Not only do we take away fear, not only do we escape fear in Jesus, but we also embrace faith. Because in the same verse there, he says, let not your heart be troubled. He says, you believe in God. Believe also in me. To believe is the key word. That is to think to be true, to be persuaded of to take confidence in. So when he says, you believe in God, think God to be true. Be persuaded of your mind that is saying you are hopeless, you have no future, and be persuaded to the fact that God is. Have confidence in God. You see, when one believes, he or she is exercising faith in someone or something. This verse speaks of having faith, 
But notice that there appears to be two kinds of faith there, or two kind, kinds of beliefs. And here Jesus calls his disciples to exercise those two kinds of beliefs. What do I mean? There is sustaining faith. You believe in God, that is sustaining faith. This is the faith that brings us through the valleys of life. Life has valleys, life has thorns, life has challenges, life has hurdles that are ahead of us. But when we believe in God, we have what is called sustaining faith that helps us to go through them. What is it? It is a belief that God exists and that he is in absolute control of all things. Remember, without faith, it is impossible to please God. So we must believe that he exists and that he is truly in charge. There is... If you do not have that faith, that sustaining faith, to say, I did not put any effort to wake up, he just woke me up. Surely he who woke me up from my sleep will take me through the valleys of life. I believe he will take me through. I believe his word is true. That kind of faith will sustain you, brothers. Without that faith, you will see all enemies around you conquering you. But with faith in God, you are sustained. Sustaining faith helps us to relax. Why? Because of God's promises. Because of God's power. Because of God's plans. You see, his promises are true. In Romans chapter 8, verse 28, we are reminded in all things God is working for my good. But also he has power. No demon, no power in heaven or on earth has power than his. And then he has wonderful plans for my life, not for evil, but for good. You need that sustaining Child of God, do you have the sustaining faith? I do not like to speak like a prophet of doom or a prophet who promises just good things. Jesus spoke clearly in his word that in the world you shall have tribulations, you shall have challenges. But take courage, I have overcome the world, he said. Are there beautiful things that are going to come in 2022? Yes. But it will be simplistic to say that there won't be challenges. You need sustaining faith. Sustaining faith helps us to trust God completely without reservation. This is the faith that loosens the grip of fear on one's life. So, you are not just afraid. You are not careless, but you are not afraid. 
I mean, when you read in the book of Proverbs, you hear the, uh, of a lazy person who says, no, I won't go out because there is a lion out there. That lion is just waiting for you. Everyone else is going out. Meanwhile, you are becoming poor in your house. And as I reflect on uh, the year that has just gone by, one of the controlling factors that has been misleading God's people is fear. Is fear. But sustaining faith, trusting God completely, removes fear. It is true that the COVID pandemic came and simply amplified the reality of what we face anyway in life. People have always died. But what made people now to be so afraid as if this is the only thing that brings death? No, 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 no. Death is an appointment by God. And so you are freed from fear. Hello. Knowing that God will do as he promised gives us freedom to live our lives up to him and to his will. That is truly liberating. I'm talking about sustaining faith. But in that same verse, there is also the saving faith. Because then he says, believe also in me. Oh. What is the difference between believing God and believe also in me? So, believing in God is talking about the sovereignty of God, the control of God, who is in charge. But believing in Jesus Christ is now bringing this Jesus who came as the savior of the world, this is now saving faith. You see, the gospel is a simple message about the death, the burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. But just believing that there is a God and believing the historicity of Jesus is not enough. After all, even demons believe these facts, but they are not saved. James chapter 2, verse 19. You believe that there is God? Yes, even demons believe. They even shudder. So what Jesus is saying, move away from, yes, just the sustaining faith of helping you to be trusting God that whatever is happening, God is in control. But also make sure you believe for your salvation. This is when you embrace the benefits of Christ's work by faith and be saved by the grace of God. This is why in the very scripture, Jesus said to Thomas, I am the way, the truth and the life. <coughs> no one comes to the Father except 
through me, he says. This is why John 3 verse 16 reminds us, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. In John chapter 6, verse 47, Jesus said, Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me has everlasting life. Sustaining faith helps us to go through the challenges of this life, but ultimately, all that we have is not all there is. We must have eternal life. Acts chapter 16, verse 31. So they said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be served, you and your household. Romans chapter 10, verse 9 and 10. That if you confess with your mouth that Jesus, with your mouth the Lord Jesus, and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Verse 13, whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. What does that say? Embrace Jesus by faith and rest your future in his capable hands. So, Escape all fears. Embrace faith in Jesus. But you also envision a future. You envision a future. Jesus does not only deal with the fears that trouble our hearts, by helping us to embrace sustaining as well as saving faith. But he does help us to envision a future more beautiful than what the eye has seen, what the ear has heard, what the human heart has conceived. This is why he says in verse 2 and verse 3, in my father's house are many mansions, if it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, you may also be. Wow. Lest we forget lest the disciples forget that even though they might have to experience the trials and the tribulation, the challenges of this present life, and needing to have sustaining faith, needing to have saving faith, they must always see themselves as passing through this place. You and I, are passing through. So don't be too discouraged by the way things may look like. Or things might even be worse. But you are also passing through. 
this is not home. Jesus says there is a place he is preparing. He calls it my father's house with many mansions. It is a precious place. It is a precious place. <laughs> Morning, church. The reason you and I continue to face troubles and challenges and difficulties and trials in this earthly life is because we are not home yet. We haven't gone home yet. Tribulations will not follow us where we are headed, however. These burdens of life are temporary at best. You and I are just pilgrims and strangers passing through enemy territory. Even as we sit in this place this morning, we are strangers and aliens passing through enemy territory. It will be far, far better when we get home. The best is yet to come. Of course, you don't believe it. Because you mean this is not, this is why I have a problem with the other book that was so famous, Your Best Life Now. I said, hmm, now is the best life? The hope of a better home is what drove Abram to leave heir of the Chaldeans and by faith dwelt in the promised land as a stranger in a foreign country. He lived in tents, we are told, as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him of the same promise. Why? For he was looking forward to the city with foundations whose architect and builder is God. This city is far, far beautiful and better than L.A., than New York. Times Square is nothing than Montreal than Doha, Tokyo, Sydney, oh, you say no, Dubai, London, Paris, Rome, Kuala Lumpur, uh, which ones? Har <laughs> Johannesburg, or even Harare. <laughs> this city has one architect and one builder. And common to all the cities of the world that we have talked about is a place called symmetry. In fact, cities are running short of symmetries. That is why the option of burning is becoming popular. 
But in this city, there will be no need for symmetries. No hospitals, no portholes, no power outages, no shortage of water, no traffic congestion, no uncollected refuse. This city was revealed to John in Revelation chapter 21, verse 9, all the way to verse 27. Can I highlight some of the things concerning this city? In Revelation chapter 21, then one of the angels, verse 9 I mean, who held the seven balls filled with the seven plagues, came and spoke with me, come, I will show you the bride with his wife, the lamb. He then carried me away in the spirit to a great and high mountain and showed me the holy city, Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, arrayed with God's glory. Her radiance was like a very precious stone, like jasper stone, bright as crystal. The city had a massive high wall with 12 gates. And you keep on reading that passage. It describes a wonderful city. Child of God, there is a place for you in the Father's house. And one day, you are going to be going home. It is a precious, precious place. But not only that, it is a prepared place. Not only is it precious, but it is, well, it is precious because it is a prepared place. I go to prepare, he says. Now think about it. This world that we think is so beautiful was created by God in only six days. On the seventh day, he rested. And yet it is a beautiful place full of wonders that people are having to travel to different places to see the wonders of God's creation, what he created. I said in six days. Now, heaven must be a glorious place. Because especially the place that he is preparing for me and you, he has been working on it for over 2,000 years, preparing that place. No wonder the Bible says no eye has seen, no ear has heard, nor has it ever been conceived by the heart of man what God prepares has in store for his people. Here we are trying to think we have the best only for that which was prepared in six days. Come on, envision a better future. Heaven is a prepared place. Surely our feeble human minds cannot comprehend. But heaven is a prepared place for prepared people. 
Are you prepared for that place? Are you prepared for that place? And this place that we have is begged by a powerful promise. Is begged by a powerful promise. Jesus says, I will come again. Every day, you and I live with one of the greatest promises the world has ever known as our support. The business people will promise this. The insurance companies will promise this. The medical aid will promise this. And they fall short of delivering on their promise. But we live with a promise that is assured for it comes from the creator of the world. He says, I will come again. We have our Savior's promise that he will personally return to receive his people to himself, as verse 3 tells us. Of course, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 16 to 17, we shall be with the Lord. He wanted his disciples to know. He wants us to know. So he restated the intentions even in the last chapter of the book of Revelation. Revelation 22, verse 20. I am coming again. I am coming again. Maranatha. So what are you afraid of, my brother, my sister? Come to Jesus. He will replace your fear with the precious peace that he gives. What are you trusting for your salvation? While everybody might be believing in something, Jesus is the only way to be saved. Come to him by faith and you will be saved. What are you seeing beyond the burdens and trials of this life? Let Jesus help you cast your gaze higher than this earth and see a precious place, a prepared place, and he's coming again. There is help and hope in Christ Jesus. The theologian Norman T. Wright once said, Jesus does not give an explanation for the pain and the sorrow of the world. He comes where there is pain, where, where pain is most acute, and he takes it upon himself. Jesus doesn't explain why there is suffering, illness, and death in the world. He brings healing and hope. He doesn't allow the problem of evil to be the subject of a seminar. He allows evil to do its worst to him. He exhausts it, he drains its power, and emerges with a new life. That is what your Savior has already done for you. And he has promised to drain of the power of evil and emerges with a new life.
He is the future of the world. He is the future of God's children. Amen. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your promise that you will come again. Thank you, Lord, that you are still preparing a precious place where you will take us. So let, I, let our hearts not be troubled. Help us to keep believing in God and believing in you, believing in God for our endurance and sustaining strength as we go through the challenges, but believing in Christ Jesus for our salvation, for we can never defeat sin in our own strength. Thank you, Lord, for the new year. And with you, we have great hope. We worship you. In Jesus' name, amen.